Welcome to another episode of the Bench Time Podcast, presented by HO Scale Customs. Now buckle up, you fine scale freaks. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Bench Time Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you again by our patrons. If you want to become a patron and help keep the lights on, you head on over to patreon.com forward slash HO Scale Customs. It helps keep our show running, and it also allows us to get some cool guests like we have on this week. For this week's episode, we have Howard Zane. We've been looking forward to having him on the show for a long time, and uh, he's here. So with that, we're going to jump into episode 24 and welcome Howard Zane to the show. Uh, hello, Howard. Uh, this is... Um, yeah. Hi there. Uh, we're glad to have you on. It's, it's, a, it's a treat. It's an honor. I mean, uh, everybody that we've talked to in our podcast has contacted us saying, you need to get a hold of Howard Zane. You need to get a hold of Howard Zane. He'd be a great guest. And, uh, you know, so we checked you out. And actually, I had seen your um, setup at the expo and your models there. And after I got online and checked out your website, and I was like, oh, that guy, his stuff is amazing. I saw it, or, or, you know, it was, I, I stood there and marveled at your models uh, this past November up in Altoona, and uh, it was it was actually really great stuff. And um, well, thank, I, I thank you for those fine words. I appreciate it. And we appreciate you coming on and uh, spending your time with us. Um, but we got, like, a slew of questions for you. Yeah, and we, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. So, you know, if you can, tell us a little bit about Howard Zane and how he got started with with his love for model railroading, you know, from the beginning. Now, is this some bitch in 25 words or less? <laughs> we don't care, man. Yeah, whatever. Well, uh, well, my story is typical of other folks. You know, I had a train set when I was a kid, and of course, and my, but then again, my, it, my, it bit my father in the butt. And uh, I, I would get trains from age three on through about maybe age 15, but I was never allowed to play with them because they went downstairs in Dad's layout. And he, his layout grew to immense proportions. He was a line mail collector or high rail. It was absolutely beautiful, but it was three rail track. And he grew to about 95 feet by 16 feet, which is gigantic. Now, he went under a three-car garage. <laughs> so uh, th- these were my seats. Plus, I had two uncles that ran steam, Uncle Ike and Uncle Ed. So I used to ride with them back from 19, I guess, mid-40s, right after the war, up through about 1950 to the end of steam on the A1 division. And uh, so I got out of college. I went in the Army and I thought model railroading was just a uh, uh, fine memory because I was going elsewhere, you know, they were. Mm-hmm. and uh, on my honeymoon, I got married after about six months in the Army, my fiance came down, and we got married on a weekend pass, I was down at Fort Rucker, Alabama, so we decided to go to Fort Walton Beach for the weekend, and on the way, we needed a convenience store, like suntan lotion, toothpaste, and stuff like that, so we stopped, and on the magazine rack was this railroad model craftsman article with uh, John Allen on the cover, now John Allen, you probably know, was probably one of the finest modelers ever. I mean, he was right years ahead of himself. So I looked at this thing as a whole. I said, holy great goblins of gobbling gold crap. I can't believe this thing. I mean, this is... So uh, I bought the magazine. And uh, of course, you got to remember, I was uh, I, I never thought I'd get back into the hobby. It was really Dad's hobby. And, uh, in a way, I kind of resented it because, you know, that's all Dad did was... When he was he was a dentist, but when he wasn't yanking teeth, he was down there playing choo-choo. So, uh, but... Uh, that's okay. I guess everybody has 
we're started. So I uh, got this magazine, and we had a little Austin Hilly then, so I rolled the thing up in the center, and as we were driving to this launch down on the beach, I kept trying to peek at the magazine, and, you know, I was rolled up in the bag, and I almost crashed twice, and we got to the launch, and my wife was very attractive. She puts on her little bikini bathing suit, and she said, let's go to the beach, and I said, you go to the beach, I'm going to read this thing. So I locked myself in the crapper for about a yeah, I just read this thing over and over and over, and she wasn't too happy, and I just couldn't believe this thing. So my goal then, I had already committed myself to eight years in the Army, So, uh, but all I could dream about was getting out and just like so I could start my dream layout, which I did. I got out in 1969 and uh, started right away, built four layouts in this house. And, of course, I added the house originally was 2,700 square feet when I bought it in 69. It's now over 8,500 square feet and with a 3,000-foot basement, or almost 3,000 feet. And that's where the land is. Oh, I, I just never look back. It's, it's, to me, it's the ultimate form of art. And as far as art, I've uh, been in many forms of it. I was a, my degree is industrial design and also graphic arts. So I have a, a kind of a, you know, an advantage to most people because I had professional training. Plus, I grew up with my dad, you know, <laughs> He was quite a modeler. So those are my seeds. But uh, as far as art, I tried painting. I was a sculptor. And uh, it just, it, was, it wasn't there. But I found model rarity to be the ultimate form because it had multi-dimensional. When I see multi-dimensional, like art or painting is one or two dimension, then you get the third dimension, which is relief. The fourth dimension would be sound. The fifth dimension would be the actual movement of the trains. Mm -hmm. Then there's a sixth dimension, which uh, you can actually put scale odors. There's a company called Olive Factory Airs that are probably defunct now. But when they, when they were defunct, it was uh, you know it was uh, just fabulous stuff. You could buy you know, coal smoke, uh, lumber mill smells, and stuff like that. Huh. So that's that. There's probably other dimensions. I just haven't discovered them yet. So again, yeah, I think it is. When you look at it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You look at it as a surreal thing. You're right there, and it's all. It's it's. You're you're able to look at it from every angle, and you know, produce your artwork from you know so many different dimensions on it. And uh, yeah, that's a that's probably the best definition of of. of model railroading um, and in an art form that I've ever heard. I mean, I'll be honest. Well, it's, uh, thanks. <laughs> I, I approach it not as a model railroader, actually. I approach it more as a dioramist. Right. But I do love the trains. But as far as operating, yeah, I have 23 scale miles on the layout, which oh. means to do, one, to do one circuit takes over an hour if I'm going about 20 miles. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's one of my bragging points. I can say, well, shit, I can, you know. That's uh, no, a we'll, we'll wait, wait an hour for the train to come by. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a that's truly a monster layout. Wow. Well, and, they're, they're, they're bigger ones. I was getting ready to add another edition, and uh, I was about six years ago, and I wrote a book called My Life with Model Trains, and uh, right before uh, I was going to start the um, this new edition, which would have been another 1,600 square feet in the back. I got a call from a gentleman out in Colorado, and he just bought my book out in Caboose Hobbies. And he called up and he says, geez, I got your book, it's incredible. Can you build something like this for me? But in three rail, high rail. Uh, he was an MTH and Lionel guy. And I said, well, I don't see why not. So we hit it off on the phone. So he flew out that weekend, and by golly, I, I, we, we, uh, you know, we just hit it, just connected perfectly. So, so I canceled the, uh, the edition. 
and they actually the backhoe was due the next day, and I put a stop to that, and I just went out and started building his way. I went out there and designed it with him, and came back, and I built the parts here. Just I would make three trips a year out to Colorado, spend two or three weeks out there at a time. Very cool. And I built his way out. The unfortunate thing about it, one week after we finished it, he passed away. Oh. So, uh, that's so, insane. Yeah. And then his sons, they sold the house and they sold all the structures. And that's, uh, if, you, if you get on YouTube, there's a thing put out by the Colorado O-Scalers. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole video on the layout. that's on YouTube now. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. We're, I'm familiar, we're both familiar with the Colorado O-Scalers. Definitely, there. yeah. Okay, well, well, yep. well that, was his, that was his layout that I built. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's the, they're, they're also very good artists out there. I'm telling you. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They they, uh, they latched on to some of the stuff we were doing pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was cool. Now. Mm-hmm. Now, when when you um yeah you would have, you know you mentioned your father. I mean, would you consider him? I mean, I always ask a lot of our guests uh, that we've had here. Um, you know, who their biggest influence was. Uh, and, and oh, my dad by far. Oh yeah. Oh, and I was oh, gonna say God. it had to be your dad. But he was very secretive about it. See, I, I, I'm, I'm from the school of sharing it. I feel that art has no meaning unless you can share it. Uh, Dad was just the opposite. You know, people come to the house at social events and they say, hey, Bray, I hear you get trains down in the basement. He says, what the hell are you talking about? There's no trains. <laughs> and uh, it was him, my Uncle Ike, who was the railroad engineer, my Uncle Willie, who was kind of a deviated prevert, but he just, uh, he was all right. <laughs> and my grandpa. And these are the guys that built, built this thing. Right. Of course, I was, I was kind of like the gopher. I was like you know, anywhere from age seven up to age 21 when they're building this thing. And uh, so and I go to the hardware store and get parts and things like that. Man. But, you know, but that was, that was his thing. Was so you, so you learned, you learned by watching him and what, what oh. that is so, so cool. Uh, you know, you know, everybody always gives some, you know, some person that they watch mm-hmm. model, but it's always another famous modeler or whatever. But, you know, to be well, your father, to be that guy, that's, that's, that's pretty nice. Except he was never a public they would allow it. They would, you know, people wanted. There was a company called Toy Train uh, Magazine, which I think was the predecessor of the railroad model craftsman called Toy Trains. And uh, they wanted to do an article, and they just wouldn't allow it. There's no way. Yeah. Just, he just, I don't, I don't know. I never found out why he was that way. He was very gregarious in other areas, but just as far as they, that was his hobby. Yeah, maybe, personal. maybe, yeah, maybe it was just, thing. yeah. And, and yeah, I guess you got to respect that. Um, that was his way. I, I, I do, and uh, but uh, he, he invented a lot of techniques, like there's a very famous model, I, I shan't mention his name, who claims he invented the weathering with alcohol and in the ink, and he, t- he says he owns that technique, and I, 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 I got a chuckle out of that, Dad was doing that in the 40s, <laughs> oh, wow. he had all kinds of, that's how he would do his rocks, he had all kinds of Windsor Newton, now colored inks, he mixed it with alcohol, and the, the way there it was, it was beautiful. No, that's so, great. No, even I, like I've come up with techniques that people say that I invented, and I did. And one of my favorite words out of history comes from Harry Truman, saying that the only thing new in life is the history you have not yet learned, which is probably true. I mean, because yeah, no matter what you you think is unique, somebody else has done it somewhere. So that, that's fine. It's, it's unique for me or that person at the moment. It's, it's okay. And, you know what? And that's and that's that's the true absolute truth. I mean, we all learn. You know the things that we've all experimented with our with our modeling and our detailing and um, you know especially weathering, uh, you know how how we can get different effects out of things and 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 you hit it and you go wow I've done it many times myself like oh, I think I 
I just came up with this great, really great way. And then you talk to some other modelers. And, oh, I've been, I've been doing that for a while, <laughs> you know. And they show you, and you go, wow. You know, but that's it, it, fine. I mean, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. I mean, obviously, you're a person who shares what you've done, and, and thank God that you do. Um, there needs to be more of that out there, and um, you know, but you're very open. To doing so. No, oh, I think there are plenty of people out there. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not unique in that feeling. No. I, no. I, I, I've never met a model that, 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 that has not said, you can't, you know, hasn't said, come on over, you know. Or, right. <laughs> well, when I called you on this on the weekend, you even said to me, are we, are we doing this here or are we on the phone? And I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> I oh, said, I guess it's a phone. I didn't know I had an invitation. But, uh, oh, yeah, I'm changing a lot of things now. Uh, yeah. For example, uh, I belonged to a club, actually two clubs, when I was in, the, uh, in, in New Jersey in the Army. Uh, after I left Fort Rucker, I wound up in Fort Monmouth, and there's a couple clubs I belong to. And one club would not allow anything uh, that wasn't handmade except for locomotives. You could use brass, you could run brass locomotives, and everything had to be built by hand, which is something now you don't see. Everything now is the RTR. It's kind of like taking over RTR, of course, means oh, everything to run. Yep. And uh, in this club, RTR then was tantamount to using the N-word. It just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't allowed. And I'm still I'm still that way. There's nothing plastic on my layout now. Everything is handmade. Wow. Uh, this, uh, I've gotten rid of all the plastic, I mean, all the freight cars, or I had KD cars in Intermountain that were nice, but I got, I got rid of all of them about five years ago, and I had probably about 600 pieces of rolling stock, all kit built out of the old Android kits or the quality crap. Oh, wow. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, this is uh, in my shit. I'm not going to say where it is, but I have 1,700 kits that I, uh, I'm going to build someday. You know, right now, I'm, middle son of, I'm an old son of a bitch, but I yeah. swear, actually, I'm, I'm 80 years old. And uh, I'm, when I become really decrepit, you know, and can't get in the basement, right now I'm just decrepit. But when I get decrepit, I'm going to just get, as long as I get into my shop, I'm going to build these cars. I love doing it. So um, I've already built 150 uh, cover hoppers. I've built uh, 340, I think, for 350. 50 freight cars, uh, probably about 75 passenger cars, mostly LaBelle or Ambrook or Scratch Bill. Right. Some of the old Walfers metal cars I built. And uh, I just love doing this. Uh, to me, I mean, I'm not doing it to try to prove a point, it's just that it's me. No, you just have just, a love uh, for it. Right. Yeah, the, the, the hobby was, there was many genres to the hobby, but there was also, right. years ago, there were people that built trains, mm -hmm. and now they buy trains. Uh, right. It's fine, whatever, whatever works. It seems like it's the age of instant gratification. That's okay. There's right. some beautiful layouts being built, and I would never impugn anybody that buys a plastic car or a ready-made car, and that's, uh, mm -hmm. it works for them, it's fine. It just yeah. doesn't work for me. I just like, like saying, hey, not saying, but just knowing that I built this thing. Right. That means a lot. Right, and I think you, you find that a lot in your, your fine-scale modelers, um, that they, they want to be able to say, I do myself, I know Brett does, it's, uh, you know, I, I build a structure, or I scratch build a structure, and I'll, I'll look at, we're big on structures, we're not as big on trains, I mean, that's our thing, we love the scenery and the structures, and, you know, I'll when you're done, you say, well, this is, this is mine, you know, I built this, and I'm happy about this. Somebody else might think it sucks, but for me, you know, that that's I'm, I'm proud of that, and, and I know it's something I put the time into and built. And um, you know, uh, well, that's kind of what our show's about too. And and that is we're trying to you know let people know it's not necessarily so intimidating. It may look intimidating to try and scratch build a structure, or even the, even the craftsman kits that are out there. It's it's not so intimidating if you give it a well, shot. Try it. 
there's another word that begins with I, which is inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the first time I saw George Selios was laid out. Now, Selios, if you believe in previous lives, this son of a bitch was Michelangelo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Previous life. Man, oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he's incredible. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. No. So when I first went up there, I had a choice. Do I want to be intimidated or want to be inspired? So I chose inspiration where it works better. Mm-hmm. And so I built the city because you know, he was there. He's an urban modeler. Right. And, uh, yeah, I just, it turned out great. Yeah, he inspired us. Yeah, he was um, our inspiration as well. We do uh, urban scenery yeah, as well. It all started with that book that you had when I was a kid. Yeah. You had a book in the house that had... Uh, uh, all his photographs and stuff. Yeah, his photographs it's like a 30-page book of his... Of his yeah, Kalmbach. Yeah, Kalmbach. Uh, Publishing had it. Well, he self-published a book on uh, yeah, we gave him in the early nineties. But yeah, even as a kid, that's that was, one. Even as a kid, that I saw that and I was just blown away by it. And that, ever since, yeah. that's kind of been my little. Uh, that's yeah. been like my driver for whatever mm-hmm. I do. As well as every guest we've ever had, yeah. and I want to say I, that was a topic that we brought him up. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I was going to talk to you, and I'm going to get to it here in a little bit, um, it was your layout itself, and it has that feel. It has a George Celia's feel of that country side to it, and what I mean by that is every little. You know, we were just seeing it from photos and details of you know, your detail work on your photos and your videos and it looks like every little nook and cranny tells a little story and that's kind of how his layout, it's a lot like how his layout is and, his whole layout tells a story and you, you're, yours is like the George Celio style I hate to say, I hate to say style because it is your own style you know, but um, it is, it has this the connotations to it that, that say, you "Wow, lost, this is, you get lost in all the all you get the lost areas." Exactly, it, it inspires you. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, well, but, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I started modeling this. I sort of started out as a, doing uh, New England mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, urban decay, like you would find in the Depression era, right. which is fine. I mean, it, 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 it's very depressing. But then again, his artwork was so great that it wasn't depressing. I mean, it's, right. um, I've seen people try to model urban stuff or urban decay, and they just looks terrible. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, I went to a, a lecture by Salvador Dali years ago, and he was talking about the importance of the subject. In, in, in art, in a way, and, and you know, example for he said, if you if you hire me to go out and render a lump of cow crap in the field, and you pay me a million dollars, and I spend six months out there rendering every nook and cranny in this piece of cow crap, and what do you have in the end? Is a million dollar painting of a piece of cow shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've seen I've seen people do that. They're great modelers. They, they, they pick about wrong subject. And there was a fellow I can't mention his name, but he, but he was modeling a, the uh, the East Jersey Railway, you know, Linden, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the fuel depots and stuff like that. And uh, the work was great, but it was so friggin' ugly. You know, just, yeah. uh, so I think that goes back to this, the, the, the Salvador Dali. You know, it's a yeah, lump of crap, right? Right. So it, it's, it's important. No, I, I started modeling West Virginia because I fell in love with the scenery. Ah, no, I, okay. I still have the same... That's where that's where it came from. Okay, and uh, of course I had we had a summer home in New Hampshire, so the scenery right, right in the, uh, the western part of the White Mountains. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the scenery is very similar, and that turned me on tremendously. Now, matter of fact, I started what my original concept was Western Maryland, all the uh, all the Appalachian roads like mm-hmm. Southern Norfolk and Western, you know, Baltimore, Ohio, and of course Western Maryland. But my lament was I was I never saw what I was playing with. 
Right. right. So I decided I sold everything I had in the uh, Western Maryland. All the, all the Appalachian Road stuff's gone. And I'm modeling now Erie, New York Central, Penzi, Central Jersey, Lehigh Valley, and uh, the stuff I remember seeing as a kid that I had right. experience with. I also had an Uncle Ed, uh, who was my, my, the other engineer who ran on the Pennsylvania's Reading Seashore Lines. He ran a, a Penzi K4 and a Reading G3462. Mm-hmm. And I rode with him once, scared the shit out of me. I mean, it moved in, I hang on in real life. That was about 1953 or 54. And I was, uh, when you're going 100 miles an hour in the cab of a K4, I mean, the noise and the roars, I mean, you just, it scared the hell out of me. I you know, give you an example. I spent 18 years as a professional pilot. Right. And I flew in the military, airline, I was a corporate pilot. Mm-hmm. And, um, Nothing ever equal the thrill in flying as he, as it was riding the camp in that locomotive. <laughs> I mean, it was it was scary. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> I guess. Then, well, then then he went back. Halfway during the trip, I guess we passed somewhere uh, somewhere in Central Jersey where we went from. Uh, I guess it was uh, I think Cape May. Yeah, Cape May up to uh, just outside of Philadelphia. I think it was Collinsville. I can't remember the town. And he had to go take. So he goes back on the coal pile, and we leave himself. The only thing he's hanging on to is his manlyhood. And we're hanging on to him. I couldn't believe this. Oh my God. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, then the fireman was, you know, he's just constantly shoveling coal. I mean, these things, the K4s, believe it or not, were all hand fired. They never, right. uh, only, only a handful, I think, were converted to stoker, but this was a hand fired engine. Right. And you're going the 80 to 100 miles an hour in a K4. I mean, he's constantly shoveling coal. And the safety chains weren't up between the tender and the locomotive. And he's walking back and forth, and, you know, the things, just, you know, it's going in all directions as far as, you know, moving like that. Yeah, it was, it was, the locomotive was swaying one, one way, the tender was going another way, and the coaches were going another direction. <laughs> and he, and, uh, he could have fallen off on that, I mean, but it was, it was quite a thrill. Yeah. He was to say, we never rode with Uncle Lidigan. Have <laughs> <laughs> you prefer speed or before? Pardon? Oh, this steam, right? Oh no, I, I love steam engines. My, uh, yeah. my but uh, I, I can remember Uncle Ike. Uh, he, he was heartbroken when uh, steam ended on his division on the Erie. That uh, uh, was 1950, and he wound up running an RS2, and he hated the thing. Yeah. At first he thought it was kind of neat. We met him at the depot down in Allendale, New Jersey. This would have been 1950. I, know, I was 12 years old then. And he's wearing a, a button shirt and a tie. And, uh, and his fireman is wearing a shirt and a tie. And I, I didn't recognize him. I didn't even, <laughs> I, you know, I was always covered with soot and grime. And, and uh, climbed, climbed on board this thing. And Dan and I even sat down. And just, everything was new, like a new car. You know, I remember the uh, the, uh, the headliner it was painted like a light gray or a grayish green. And the new dark green upholstery on the seats mm-hmm. and uh, 10 miles down the line we were boarding it's like you know it's like a car you know, and he felt the same way he said a diesel was a machine they're all like steam locomotive had a soul right and of course of course I, I've been in my layout I've been trying to imbibe that spirit now forever and I'm right. uh, yeah, just, you just can't get enough of it man. now on your, on your Piermont on your Piermont division uh, layout mm-hmm. you have uh, I, I saw some diesel involved in, in there as well, first, yeah, first generation only. 
okay, I was going to ask, is that the error that you were going for, obviously? And, uh, yeah. But, uh, that's great. No second generation at all. It's all yeah, all that. I didn't see any at all. It was all, that was, it was, it's an awesome layout. And, <laughs> and uh, I was going to ask you about the region. And, you know, we're from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That's where we're located there. Brett's in Shippensburg, PA. And we're in that region. So we, um, you know, we're, we're familiar with the you know, Western Maryland and, and West Virginia um, and, you know, Western Pennsylvania mountainsides and how the railroads roll, roll in it. And you captured that with your you know, with your scenery. You have a lot of Florida, it looks like Florida ceiling scenery. Um, uh, yeah, it goes all the way to the ceiling, yeah. Right. And, and a lot of variation. Tunnels. How many tunnels are in that thing? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that many. Like, I don't I would say probably, no, in all fairness, I'd say 20% of the layout hidden. So what I've done is I put, we, we put security cameras, right. so, and we have screens so you can see what's going on in the tunnels. Okay. Because a lot of times we'll have, you know, we'll have people running trains, and they'll leave a train in the tunnel, and of course, you know, next day somebody runs into the back of it. How many can you run train-wise at one time? I've never really tried that. I don't really. It's not my thing. But no. uh, we we had probably I, I have fifteen throttles, DCC throttles. Right. So I, I guess in theory we could run fifteen trains. But right. I, never, I think the most they ever did was like with operation maybe three or four. Yeah, okay. So I myself I only enjoy running one at a time. That's enough. I can't stand. Yeah, it. we're like that too. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So now, I've seen I, I've seen uh, high rail layouts mm-hmm. with uh, where they run thirty or forty trains at a time. Right. And you know that's you know it's. That's, that's, that's the high rail thing. You know, that's great. They get a lot of fun out of it. That's great. Yeah. It just doesn't like It's not scale model railroad. No, to yeah. me, running that many trains uh, brings on anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> well, this guy, this guy, there's a guy up in Pennsylvania. I think his name is Manson. I can't recall him ever. Yeah. Somehow I wound up visiting that with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and they had solenoids on the train. It was all automated, and, and the train going across, you know, kind of be a crossover, and the train coming right into it would come to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. And then when that train passed, then this train would take off and continue to the next crossing, and then it would stop, and then the train would come. And there were like twenty or thirty, maybe more, and uh, it was a huge layout. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's, uh, a lot of people enjoy that. It's yeah. Just, it's, oh yeah. To me, it's an art project, as I said. I, I, and you know what I like the most? Like I said, we talked about the the Florida ceiling uh, mountain that you have there. And it's, 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 it's You have, in many places, you have, like, your stone retaining walls on the side of the mountain. And, and there, it, it just it blends in, and it reminds me of, like, when you take a, a trip out uh, to, well, we... Brett and I just recently rode out to Kentucky and, and West Virginia for we went to West Virginia for a football game and when we're going out through there through those mountains you see that you see that retaining wall in those you know the with the green lush uh, you know mountain scene the mountain scenery with the trees and everything it you capture that uh, and uh, it's it's really really to us because we're generally from the region you know it, it touches us in a way to see something like that. Um, it was it was pretty well done, but um, well, thank you, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's really really cool. I'm gonna get on the structures here a little bit with you. I mean, sure. um, yeah, and I, yeah, we do a we we really feature ourselves. We do a lot of structure work, and we love doing that. But um, you know, what I noticed with yours is, um, you know, you, obviously. You've, I've read through your website, and uh, you were, you were mentioning how you know you how you like to how you like to build them. You started with styrene, I guess, and you went from that to wood and the basswood, and um, 
And then, of course, you well, do well, what you Well, not exactly. I, no, I, I started with wood, but then again, the only basswood available wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're building something with strips. You have to want to stain it first. Right. And every time I try staining the stuff, they turn into propellers. I mean, twisted. <laughs> it, it wasn't very good. Right. And, of course, if you, I, after I built a, a siding, I had a super, I had a super brace that the wood would warp on the sides. Mm-hmm. So I, I got into styrene around 1986 or seven or something like that. And uh, I just fell over. It was so much easier. But then I was going to stay with Starry, and then at the train show, the Tony show, there was a dealer from Canada. It was um, uh, He was selling Mount Albert, not a basswood. And I tried this stuff, and Jesus, what, what a difference. That's why I built exclusively to that. Now I'll use Mount Albert. Yeah, they have plug- great, it's, their stuff is awesome. It really is. It's a yep. beautiful, beautiful quality. Set. They, they, were they, direct- they, they were directly across from you at the show, at the expo, I believe. And, uh, uh, yes, they were. Because <laughs> uh, Brett and I uh, went up there and we picked uh, up some uh, stuff from them. Yeah, we had like a field day at their table. But uh, <laughs> well, they got out of it. They, they sold everything to this yeah. company out in Canada called Fast Tracks. Mm-hmm. So they're handling them out, Albert. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. I mean, it's, it's great stuff. I mean, I, I, I assume you've used it. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we really like it. It's, it's very, very nice to work with. And uh, yeah. Now, if I'm building a stone, a uh, concrete structure or something like that, yeah, I'll go to Starving because you can do right. so much. Anything for wood frame building, I use Mount Albert. Well, that's that's awesome. And I noticed when you on a lot of your your buildings, when I was marveling at them, a lot of the things that I loved about it was your creativity with your roof lines. Um, you know, it, it, you vary them up. I mean, there's a lot of uh, it's, it's it's intricate. Your your uh, your roofs and stuff are very. Are unique in their own way, or and they have an intricacy to them that uh, you know it, it's eye catching. You know, it's not just a flat roof with some some uh, tar paper on it. You know, it, you you put a lot of thought and design into them. And uh, well, my period, yeah, I, my period, I call it Appalachian Gothic because my favorite period would have been around 1880 to about 1920 as far as architecture, and uh, maybe into the early 40s, probably. But then the, this new stuff again, this leaves me cold. Matter of fact, I got thrown out of architecture. Uh, I actually started college in pre-med and they threw me out of there two semesters and I got into architecture at that Pratt Institute in New York and they threw me out. But I, had, I did have training so I eventually got my degree in industrial design. But uh, I do have professional training and then I, uh, after I quit flying I got into industrial design. I started a company designing sales centers for developers and builders. And then mm-hmm. got into, it grew to be a huge company actually. It was like the tail wagging the dog all the way. And finally I just sold it in the East and so I got retired and got in the trains full time. But in all fairness, I, I do have a lot of experience doing architectural models. So I learned a lot of my tape. And what my dad didn't teach me, I learned by working. I, first, I worked all in plexiglass. Mm-hmm. Then I got into styrene, wood, then styrene, and so forth. So I, I did, you know, I do have a pretty good background in design. So it's uh, what you see actually is uh, I'm not it's exactly awesome. a novice at it. And, well, yeah, but uh, I, I, it's uh, the buildings are most of the buildings are scratch built. I will build some kits if I like the kit mm-hmm. and there are some companies uh, I mean cellular stuff is a uh, you know, fine scale is great right. but right. it's caricature my favorite kit manufacturer was probably uh, South River because mm-hmm. they were actual models and they just be the New England being manufacturing companies and right. uh, Van Gilder was a landscape architect or still is he, he I think he just retired from doing that but his stuff was great and mm-hmm. the instruction manual was like the, uh, the was like the great American you know book <laughs> <laughs> it was stuff yeah. Um, you mentioned kits, and Brett, Brett can talk about kits. He's working on one. Actually, he's wrapping one up right now that was given to him by uh, um, Jeff Grove. 
uh, and it's really oh, yeah. yours. And uh, yeah, yeah, he, he he bought that the Tucker. Yeah, yeah, he, Tucker he bought that from uh, at the uh, at the Expo in Harrisburg, and he made a kid out of it. He said he asked me to make a kid, and I said sure. Yeah, I'm he did a nice job, Jeff. Bro, he he does a nice job. He's a good guy. He does. Yeah. I'm actually wrapping that one up right about now. Uh, I have a couple little things to do on it, and adding my own little touch to it, but uh, yeah. It's that's an awesome building. Well, when, you, when you when you get into scratch building, first of all, it's uh, you want to talk about kits. Scratch building uh, to me is a thousand percent easier. Than oh yeah, a kit. I think it is. Because a lot of times you're going to find you don't agree with the kit manufacturer, right? And uh, you have you have a better idea. And uh, as you get more experience, you'll find you disagree more and more with the manufacturer. Yeah. Plus, when you scratch build, it's uh, besides it being probably the cost is about maybe a quarter or maybe even twenty percent of what what a kit would cost. Oh yeah. As far as materials, you get exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. And there's and no that, rules. That's important. And then the other thing is unique. I mean, it's, right. uh, yeah. it's, it's, you have something that nobody else has. It's a yeah. one. It's a one of one. Yeah, yeah. I, and I actually I enjoy scratch building a, a, a lot more than the kit world, and uh, mm-hmm. and I, I do do some kits as well because they're, they're they're you know they're quick and they're easy to put up on a layout, but. Um, I have a pile. Actually, I think scratch building is a lot easier, but that's, that's, that's my opinion. <laughs> well, no, no, I meant... I, yeah, it took, you have to sit and read the goddamn instructions. Hey, we have... Hey, this guy's full of shit. I, I, there's no way to do this. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever listen to any of our other shows, you'll hear us bitch about instructions more than anything else. We don't like instructions. But no, but I but I do like scratch. I like scratch building way way more than than the kit. So I'm with you on that. And I it's just it becomes your own world. It's your own. It's whatever's in your That's head. Right. It's your own. It's your own thing. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's personal. Yeah. And it's and hey, I I, I, get, how, I get no pleasure out of doing somebody else's design. I don't know I, how you uh, are with better. how you are with scratch building. But I often don't even. I, and I, this might be way off track. But I don't even. Uh, Oftentimes, don't even draw it out. I just look at the. I'll print a picture out of a building that I kind of have. You know, I'll use as like inspiration, or it's a cool idea, and like a real building, a real photo, and uh, and I'll just go to town just just by eyeing it up. And uh, uh, well, as long as you know basic proportions, you're, you're yeah. Fine. No, I keep I keep it in proportion to the wi- like you know windows and, and appropriate stories as far as the, the height of a story and everything. But uh, scale it. Yeah, it's now, the scratch yeah. building world just took it. We just took a hell of a hit because that grant line is going out of business. I saw it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that awesome. Stuff is great. Of course, uh, Don Tishy does nice work. You know, so but and, and hopefully Tishy will pick up on his. I hope he, he picks up yeah. on Grant. Uh, grant line had a bigger, better, larger selection than HO than Tishy did, but it's um, right. Tishy's coming along right. very well. Right, the stuff is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Someone it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm not. Uh, I guess we went to a, there's a model hobby shop up near us. Um, what's the name of that town? It's uh, well, it's called, um, I, you know, I won't name the, I won't name the show on the show. I won't do that, but, um, mm-hmm. it's, um, in, it's just Southwest of Gettysburg and, uh, it's a fully, fully stocked hobby shop. And oh, you're, talking, you're, 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 you're talking about mainline hobby supply. Yeah. But mainline hobby. Yeah. Those guys are great. We yeah. love them. That's, that's probably, that's probably the finest hobby shop in the country. For Christ's sake, it's small, but it's fine. Never seen oh, yeah. it so well stocked it is and it keeps everything. Yeah. You know exactly what they have. It's an excellent shop. And, uh, yeah, they're good yeah, guys in there. 
And uh, but he had Grantline stuff in there, and I went in, and this is like a couple weeks after Grantline announced it, and I was like, I gotta grab these, I gotta grab them up because you know I'm gonna want these, and I don't know if anybody's gonna pick it up. I, I'm sure it will in this hobby world that happens, but um, uh, yeah, that, that is an awesome uh, hobby shop, absolutely. Um, but, well, how awesome it is! Yeah, well, I was so, a corporate pilot. Uh, I flew for a car company, and um, mm-hmm. we were they were setting up dealerships all over the country. This is back in the early 70s. So a lot of times I just hold over at the airport and I want to sit I yeah, could sit around in the lounge and at the end it's kicking the air terminal and drink coffee. But I always borrowed a car, took a cab, one of the town, visited the local the nearest hobby shop. And I must have seen hundreds of these things. And uh, a lot of hobby shops, in the early 70s, I think there was like 12,000 model railroad shops in the country, or trial hobby shops. Wow. And that's how many, you know, it's just this, that was like a thousand or a thousand probably. But right. some of these were, were, they're all the same. I couldn't believe it. I didn't get inspired. And yeah. the, the, some were very good, but they all had the same shit. Right. They were very light. A lot of them were light on materials and supplies. They all had the patron, so the big stuff. That's where the money was. Right. Now you go up to Mainline, and it was just the opposite. They 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 have all these detail parts and detail parts. Uh-huh. And they know exactly what they have. So oh, I would yeah. say it's the, it's, the, it's the finest hobby shop I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. You I, go in and... The details are hanging. I it's not a plug. I don't even know these people. I have Bonnie. Yeah. I know it. And every once in a while, I don't know her well. Yeah. Uh, there's another hobby shop close by in Gettysburg. It's Tommy Gilbert's. Yeah, we know Tommy. Uh, they, they, yeah, Tommy's, a, Tommy's an old friend of mine. I, yeah, I Tommy's I a great a, guy. He's had some he's had some problems with his health and and uh, and stuff, and we wish him the very best. And and he's, oh, had, yeah. he's had some he's had some family issues um, that he's had. To, no, but, but every, time we, every time we go into Tommy's, he's he's been awesome with us. Oh yeah, he'll yeah, he'll talk your ear. He's, he's a great guy, but uh, he's also <laughs> invented the word he's invented the word follow up. Now, in all fairness, I could not have built a layout if it weren't for Tommy. Yeah. Why? Because I'd be at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm working on something. I ran out of materials. I got called Gilbert and he said, hey, Tommy, I, I ran out of this stuff. And he said, oh, sure, I'll have it be in next morning. And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, it was here on my doorstep. Uh, yeah. I don't know how he did this. I mean, it's, uh, he was sometimes in big orders, you bring stuff down personally. Yeah. And uh, it's, I give him a lot of credit. I know yeah, it's probably in bad taste to mention people's names, but then again, we're not impugning anybody. We are no, not talking all. positive things. No, he's a so great if guy. It's positive, I, would, I would say talk about it. If it's negative, we don't talk about it. No, Tommy, he re- but in this hobby, I can find very few negatives. I mean, I, I ran a great scale train show for 31 years with my partner. And why do we do that? Because I found that 99% of the people I met in the hobby were not just great people. They were wonderful. They were beyond. I just had a ball doing it. And it's still, it's still that way. I don't, I don't think I've ever met one person I dislike in this hobby. No. Or one bad one. No. We haven't. I, I haven't. I'm I'm easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, Tommy's a, he's a wonderful guy. He's one of those people that when their customers come in, he remembers his customers. He knows them, oh, yeah. and uh, he's he'll talk till he turns mm-hmm. till till your ears fall off. He will talk, and uh, <laughs> but it, but it's great stuff. And and you know, there's always a crowd when you go in there, sitting around the front of his display case there. And I'll give Tommy a lot of credit. I'll do that on the air here right now. He's a, he's a wonderful man. And, uh, Good shot, Tim. It's, um, yep. Well, he had, yep. he had a couple. Of, uh, he had a bad fall. His, uh, his wife and his father died the same month. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that, that was hard. Right. Uh, it was. And, and, and now... Several people... Pardon? No, no. You go no, ahead. I just said... 
No, I just I, I know several people that would have a hard time recovering from that. Mm -hmm. Now they're yeah. kind of lost, and he's done, he's done a very good job of him. He's, nah, he's a strong spirit. He's a very strong spirit, mm -hmm. and uh, he, uh, he's I believe he's put he's talking to me about putting in. I don't know if he did it yet or not. He's putting in a very large layout in his shop again. So uh, I don't know what he bought somebody's layout, and I guess they're moving it in. I don't know whatever came of that, but uh, I would love to be able to see that at some point. I haven't been up there recently uh, a whole lot. We've been kind of busy, uh, but he's um, yeah, he's a great guy. We only live like 20, 25 minutes away from Tommy's, mm -hmm. so it's an easy trip to get in there if you need to get something. But but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's awesome. And we're also Civil War reenactors. Well, we were. We retired from Civil War reenacting, so I've been. I used to go to Gettysburg almost on a weekly basis, um, but. And, and uh, now that I bring that up, and we'll, uh, it's totally off the subject here, but but I was always... I was not in the Civil War. I'm people. I'm old, but no, that's good. You can ask that. No, I was no but I will War. say this: you were uh, you had the the I, I saw on your website you had the link to the new Southern Cal Tippers and oh, yeah, so we, your music, and it was wonderful. Uh, you did that. Oh. Uh, I guess that was your wife and yourself, and another yeah, and the two other people. Yeah, we have another group called Backstep Cindy. And so we we play for square dances, and we also do Civil War reenactments. I, mean, I play yeah. the old, old uh, knockdown style banjo. We know Civil War. Yeah, I also that's have awesome. A banjo made in the Civil. I have a banjo from 1863 oh that, that, that I, I use quite a bit. Well, that's a very authentic sound. And when I listened to it, it brought back. Uh, you know, I did that for many years, and I know Brett has as well. As you know, he's my son here. He's done the same, and and um, we were really heavy. We were pretty hardcore reenactors. I mean, down to very authentic and and everything. But we uh, we gained an appreciation for that style of music, and it's very folk art, uh, folk music style, um, obviously. You know the finest, the finest Civil War reenacting band is right there in Gettysburg. Second South. All of these. Second South Carolina. Yep. Yeah, we're familiar with them. I know a couple of those yeah, guys. Actually, Joel and Freddie. Were, <laughs> uh, uh, Joel moved up to New Hampshire. But I don't know where Freddie is now, mm -hmm. but those guys are fabulous. Yeah, they really oh, yeah. love the stuff. Yeah. So well, we play all kinds of music from the late nineteenth century, but right. they specialize strictly in the Civil War music. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's, they've done the a best. Very good job. In my opinion, they were the best at it. Oh, yeah. the, the reenactments, they go to all the major reenactments. But uh, I was lucky enough to have the one gentleman uh, who's a fiddler, um, young guy, and uh, he he's friends with a couple of our guys in our group, and he played the fiddle all night long at our campfire just for a small handful of us. And all we had to do is keep giving him beers, and uh, <laughs> and it was it was one of the most magical nights because because of his talent. Those guys are extremely talented, but uh, yeah, you guys sounded great too. And your, your wife is a great fiddle player, but um, oh, she is actually. Yeah. She won a lot of con. She was she well, she played professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, won a lot of you know, uh, well known bluegrass groups down there <laughs> during the seventies and eighties. Well, totally off topic. There we went crazy on that, but uh, no. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your wife. Does she also? Uh, do model railroading with you or no but she's highly supportive now my first two marriages were not that way trains were kind of were competition ah. uh, and it just didn't work out because it was an important part of me they were great I couldn't say a bad, a bad thing about either wives yeah. but they just you know we just had different paths now Sandy is an artist because she plays fiddle and ah. she just retired she was a college professor at Maryland she just, just retired from that but she as I said being playing the fiddle is, is, is art and so she understands it in that way and so I matter of fact she loves having me around my house I can't understand why any woman would just have a problem with her husband playing with trains because uh, he's either bowling or 
about playing poker or drinking a Yeah, you could be putting your money into a lot worse things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. You know, one of my, I was going to go over some of your structures. So, you know, I went through and I was looking at them and, and, uh, just some of the, some of the details and things that I had seen on them. Um, the, uh, the Havermill freight station, for example, uh, the roof on that, um, this is a uniqueness that I've not seen in other models, um, from kits and things that you'll get is you you have stove pipes that come out of the top of that and mm-hmm. there there's guide there's wire guidelines that come down sure. to, for support and you yeah. never see that model uh, you know i i might have seen it one or two other times in in years but this is you you do that and it's it, it looks awesome i mean because it, it's very realistic i mean there's many buildings i've seen to have it in real life or did or in photographs i've seen but i've not I've not seen it modeled, and uh, you, you're very keen on that picking those, those small kind of details up. And a lot of you know you don't you don't see that in you know in a kit manufactured kit on a lot of things. You'll see that you know, with yours, which is a, you know custom work. I mean, it's, it's well, yeah. You know, well, thank you. I pretty appreciate that. But the only thing you, what you don't see in kits, believe it or not, are foundations. Mm-hmm. We talk, and that's yes. that's something I because you're going to build and see every, everything. My house or my yep. layout. It's all hill, rolling hills. It's the real world. It's positive and negative scenery. Now, the defined positive and negative, the, you're, you're the center of the universe is your is your you know, the roadbed, track level. And anything below that is called negative scenery. Anything above that is positive. So everything in the layout is negative and above. Right. So if you get about a structure on a hillside, what are you going to do if there's no foundation? Right. So every, right. Structure, every structure I have, I build a foundation. Down, yeah, I have a 10-foot foundation. <laughs> so I can run, I can run the, the scenery right up to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And right, that's and important. That, I, I I cannot even think of a structure ever that had a foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Uh, was that was with Jason Jensen? He's yeah. another uh, a good modeler. He lives out in Colorado. In fact, we thought he was going to join us here this evening because uh, he was he does he would never get the chance to probably rarely get the chance to come out here. Um, he will be at the expo. He's going to be doing some clinics there, but I believe as well. Um, but he was. Are you saying the expo? Is, is it, are you talking about the structure show? The fine scale expo. Yep. Yeah, well, it's, uh, where is that this year? I mean, it'll be in Albany this year. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, uh, I, I know the thinking behind that, but, you know, I've been yeah. in the show business for a long time and I've put on train shows. And the, these guys are making one. I mean, I, I don't want to say anything bad, but it's a good show. But it's, it's not going to grow if you keep moving. It's got to be one spot, one spot, and just let people come to that rather than yeah. show go to the people. I mean, right. it's, it's crazy. It's insanity. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going anymore. <laughs> well, if they can do it in Harrisburg, time. we'd love that if they did it in Harrisburg every year. And we're right here. Yeah, shit. Well, I, I could be there in five I've never heard of bringing the show to the people. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The people come to the show if it's a good show. Yeah. It's going to yeah. grow. It's not, it can't possibly grow by going to a different location every year. No, and, you know, but, so I'll put me on record as saying that because I love the guys. They're nice guys, and they're Want them. Yep. but Jesus, they're all messed up with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I will. Was, we, we were, um, you know, the um, uh, Jason. Uh, we talked with him about foundations. He said that very thing you did was that uh, you know he's and he's an artist as well. He he does. He's an actual professional artist, and um, he does. Um, uh, stuff for commercials and and things like that. Um, uh, there's comic Commercial book art. stuff. Yeah, he's yeah he's a, he's amazing. But um, he said not, not you won't find a structure without a foundation. And uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, and 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 you nailed it again. Uh, and I was gonna have it in my notes here today. Is uh, all your structures have a foundation? Some of them are just you know really in their own way unique um, because you know you see the a lot of the structures that do have foundations that are out there. Um, there's not many, by the way, but they have it's a you know scale couple feet, two feet, three feet, and you have some that have you know enormous oh, foundations. I, I have some on thirty percent grades, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it works that well, so. and and a little bit of everything. It's just not like your plain old stone foundation or cut stone foundation. I mean, you. Well, got I do have one. I do have one weakness. I have a tendency to use full size. Now, a lot of your kit manufacturers they they use the term selective compression or force perspective, and their balloons are small. Example, Artie Fahey, Bar Mills Models. Uh, his right. beautiful, work is beautiful. Artie's actually an N-scaler, but his HO structures are so small, and uh, there's a reason for that, because the average you know, the average layout is 166 square feet, right. and, uh, you know, 5, 5, 4 by 8, and so that sounds like big, but that's just the average layout. Right. And they don't have room for big structures. The stuff I build is full size. Sure. There's very few people can use it. Right. And I'm used to doing that because I had the space, so I'm kind of spoiled, so I never really <laughs> had to do selective compression. I know how to do it. I mean, there's a, there's a kid out there now of this uh, once very well-known station. And uh, now I scratched built the structure of this particular station for a client uh, oh, about 10 to 15 years ago. And so I climbed around and I measured it. And I did a hell and uh, it, was, it was huge. Now, the kit that came out of the same station, which is a point of rocks, is nowhere as big as the original. <laughs> it's, I'd say it's probably 70 or 80% actual size. If, uh, but, it, but it fits out of layouts. It, it, it's believable. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And the idea you probably had the kit manufacturers have to do this now Van Gelder never did that his stuff was full size which right. was good yeah and uh, fine scale his stuff was, was well, probably 90% actual right. actual size maybe. you know a typical building let's say is like it's, let's say it's on a 32 by uh, Oh, uh, for it's a yeah, 32 by 80 uh, footprint. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the uh, the actual scale model will probably come out to like 20 by 60. That's uh, that would be a forced perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. And it works. It, it gets yeah. believable. And you're right, though. I mean, I I've done an actual two scale. Um, lighthouse at one point, you know, just last year, and um, yeah, and when I was done, it was uh, it was a you know a, one of the main lighthouses up there in Maine, mm-hmm. and um, which doesn't really fit our layout because we 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 model um, Chesapeake Bay region and a lot of waterfront, but it's um, it's um, when I was done with it, it it looked so much larger than all my other structures that were kept that were kit built and um and because i yeah, didn't take the, it the scale the kit the the stuff that we've done by scratch is is far more it looks yeah. way different than the stuff from kit we oh yeah without a doubt yeah yeah everything that we've done from scratch looks that way now, now you guys keep talking how can i see your work are you on the web is there a website yep oh yeah yeah it's, yeah uh, you scale customs.com scale customs yeah, but we don't make them. I don't know why we came up with that name. We don't do like you do, where we make kits and sell them to people. No, no. We just, it, it started out like you know we we thought we might go that direction. I think we uh, have no desire to ever do that. Uh, we just like making them for ourselves, and I, now for us, it's about sharing the information. So, 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 have you seen? Uh, you might have seen it. Uh, have you seen the show like uh, like Orange County Customs? Like they make the custom bikes. And uh, not, re- not really, no. Okay, well, they make, <laughs> there's a show on TV that used to make like custom motorcycles, and I thought it was a, 
you know, we were talking, it was kind of cool. Like the, uh, you know, we'll do, we do some scratch building. We do a lot of custom like scenery and, and custom mm-hmm. structures. So kind of the playoff words where we'll, uh, you know, you know, HO scale customs where we're doing some, you know, we're doing kit, kit bash and, and scratch built mm-hmm. buildings. But, right. Mm-hmm. And then it morphed in, and then it morphed into just a website where we share techniques that we learn or hear from other people. And, and we just started to share a whole bunch of information on, on kind of, um, getting better at your mo- crafting your and crafting and your modeling, and we're not experts. We're, we're learning, and we 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 publish stuff out on our you know, our articles and how tos and things on our errors and mistakes that we make, and uh, you know how I we think, learn from it. I think so. our I think our most popular episode ever was the one where we talked about all our mistakes. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, we will. If you want to talk about that with me, we'll need at least a six-hour break. No, but people, I think people people ate that up because it, it, it allows them to, you know, be kind of relate to what you're doing because we're only talking about the things we usually do very well on. And mm-hmm. when you, you kind of say what you did wrong or where you went wrong, people really eat that up and they go, oh, yeah, well, I've done that. I felt like a dummy. Or, you know, it's also advice to not do those things. Well, it gives them a little color. Well, I probably built every, everything on this layout. Probably is, my layout has been maybe done over a couple of times. Right. And that's, yeah, that's how you learn. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it's great. There's nothing that can't be redone in this hobby. Right. There's nothing, nothing, you know, nothing that can't be fixed. And exactly. a lot of times I, I enjoy doing that. And sometimes. In fact, the, uh, the, the first city I built, after I went up and visited George Salios, I came back and to our whole section built the city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I can't believe it part of it. I hung over the layout. Now, this is this city is a if you have that. You saw Alan Keller's first video was not a volume twelve uh, that set cities, and that also the, uh, the first couple articles in Model Railroad magazine that shows the city is called the city. The city was called Piermont, mm-hmm. the name of the layout, and um, it was okay. It was uh, a lot of the buildings were kit bash, so a lot of the cities consist. It was half and half, half scratch right. and half kit bash. Sure. And uh, one night during an open house, some guy wanted to see how he installed my switch motors under the city, but they had a, also had a yard there. So he went on the layout and find he's there a couple minutes and pulls himself out and he grabbed the ledge, edge of the city to help himself hoist himself up from under oh, the layout. Wow. And the whole city was it was on gator board and held down with with, with screws. Uh-huh. And as soon as he pulled out, the whole city candle even came down on his head. Oh. I mean, we're talking about the whole fucking city. Oh my gosh! It was it was it was gone. I mean, the, the guy the guy just really upset. He just then they broke out and assholes and shit himself. He was just yeah. And uh, so uh, it gave me the to start over. I mean, I, I was afraid we'd lose the guy because he I, he was so embarrassed. He actually wrote me a check for I I I, I never cashed it. I said, well, he insisted I take the check. And finally going out, he took the check after I gave it to him and put it in my shirt pocket and said, cash this damn thing. And yeah. I, just, I couldn't do it. So I never did. <laughs> but um, I, I never saw him again, but it, was, it really, it just, he was so embarrassed. But it, it, so I built it over again, and that was fine. I just loved doing it. See, I'm kind of like, a, a, you know, a, a, a shark, for example. I've used this analogy before. If a shark stops swimming, he's probably going to die. He needs the water going over his defense mm-hmm. and so forth, his gills. I'm the same way. If I can't build, that's it. I'm the, I may as well, well cash it in. i got to do something. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I've tried other hobbies. Uh, you know, I was in model airplanes for a while, in radio control. But that got very expensive, especially when I lost an airplane. Somebody got off my frequency a long time ago. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, the years of work and God knows how many thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. never, never found it. Oh, I man. Hell with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of that hobby. You forget that hobby. I, was, I don't want to go to that one. <laughs> yeah, I was in the sailing and I had a, a couple of nice sailboats and my second wife hated it, so I had a sailboat and she hated the water. Matter of <laughs> fact, I used to take it out once a week and get her dry cleaned. <laughs> she wouldn't. She wasn't as happy a water person. <laughs> and so, you know, but the, I, I've said there's, there's other hobbies that I've had mm-hmm. uh, several actually, sure. but the, I, I'd say the model rotary is by far the finest hobby there is. It's, um, you know, it's, there's so many things there. Now, for a young kid getting in the hobby, which is rare these days, uh, you know, so much there. I mean, all the skills you need to navigate life successfully is just found in this hobby, but these kids don't know that. Yeah. I have six grandkids, and little shits come over, and they sit all night long with their iPods or they text each other right and uh, I had a, I know an elementary school teacher about six years ago she brought a sixth grade class down to see the layout not one of these little gazorks was interested though it was just text themselves and so I basically threw them out of the house <laughs> oh boy so if we ever have any kids downstairs now I'm going to have their cell phones upstairs and they don't bring them in the bedroom <laughs> but things times change I mean it's yeah. uh, I, I myself you know my problem with is with, with, with the show one of the reasons I sold the show was getting kind of tired because things were changing. Uh, basically, we're running out of dinosaurs. I'm a dinosaur, and but the, 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 my co-patriots were also dinosaurs, but they're, they're actually dwindling. Yeah, we're trying to rebuild that a little bit. Uh, if we, oh, can good, we need more dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing our part. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, hey, I'm I'm getting to dinosaur land myself. I'm not I'm not a dinosaur yet, so I'm, I'll do my part to keep it moving. <laughs> but yeah, well, we uh, we want to try and draw more people into this hobby and make uh, a community out of it, especially the fine scale end of it. And and there's not a lot of podcasts out there. We've talked about this on our show before. That there's they focus on trains or they focus on DCC or they focus on you know that that type of thing, um, the electronics and. And we are focusing on the structures and the and the, of course the scenery. Um, because well, guys, you know, in all fa- in all fairness, it is the high tech DCC that is bringing young people into the hobby. Now. It is. It is. My, my time it was the art. And right. John Allen and Wood Towers mm-hmm. and McConaughey and all these great models of that from the sixties and fifties. Right. I mean, that, 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 you know, if, for example, that, um, that that magazine I saw in nineteen sixty two when I got married up down in Alabama. And that cover story was, uh, let's say, about Bruce Chubb's electronics on this uh, Sun, Sunshine Division, whatever that was the way I was. If it was about that, I would have just passed it and bought a Playboy magazine. <laughs> and, um, but yeah. uh, no, it's uh, hey. inspiration. Was seeing John. I was seeing that. Now the, uh, the these. I mean, I, as I said, I was doing the, the Timonium show. I ran that for thirty-one years with my partner, right. and uh, I saw a lot of changes. I mean, you can ask me quite a bit because I learned. I, I discovered a lot doing that show, sure. and uh, as far as trends, and I saw, I saw, I saw it changing. And uh, right. example, uh, we started as a great scale train show, and only serious scale, about serious serious scale modeling. We wouldn't allow anything RTR at first in the show, and today, even though the show is going on it's doing very well with the new orders I would say probably 50% of the stuff that you see now we would not have allowed you know 20 years ago yeah yeah but it, so it has changed and I'm not knocking DCC you know, we you- we run no, no, here. it's great. It's it's, it's great. Yeah. I have it, you know, and it's it's, it's exciting as hell. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I um, you know, it's, I'm very happy to see the train go forwards and backwards. And but I just discovered these these current keepers now, which I'm installing all my locomotives or having somebody help me with them. Mm-hmm. And I know that's great. If you have a dead spot, it keeps on going. Right. I mean, this, this should be standard. Yeah. Uh, like a Cayman yeah. Cupper should be standard in every heavy car, but it's not. It's good, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't make. Uh, 
it, but what is it? What would it cost to add a current keeper to every model on the market? Now? Yeah, how hard, how hard would that be? <laughs> Not that big, if you're buying vinyl, I'll probably get about ten bucks a piece, fifteen bucks a piece. But buy a vinyl, and what a, what a difference! Yeah. Uh, the other thing which I see in the future would be a, a, a complete remote control uh, battery operator, where you don't have the current. Right. You know, that's everything's operated with that, you know, NiCad batteries or, or lithium batteries. Yeah. It doesn't blow up. I mean, because it's uh, <laughs> you know, can you imagine building a layout and not having to worry about wiring? Yeah. Wow, that would that would be amazing. It would save a lot of it's not my favorite thing for us it to saved do my back yeah going yeah. underneath the soldering <laughs> yeah well it's a uh, yeah, matter of fact I, I like getting back to getting stuff like that everything, everything in the hobby I, I, I don't think there's anything I dislike even including track uh, I love wiring but I don't do it anymore matter of fact my yeah. group of people that come down here we have a, a rule I don't allow anybody above the bench, nor do anybody else, or any of my friends allow me below the bench. <laughs> so uh, I'd say 80%, maybe 90% of the wiring is done by others. Yeah. I mean, I can yeah. do it, but I'd just rather be doing stuff above the bench. That's, right. that's how I was able to build the layout. And, you know, and I think that's what's time. cool about the hobby is that everybody picks their niche. I mean, everybody yeah, has true. their niche, and, 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 I'll, and I would never knock any niche. I mean, uh, it, it takes, in, in some regards, it takes a, a little bit of everything to make to make a, a quality my railroad and um right well there's a very well-known modeler uh he, he used to own a shop called peach creek shops he was an expert in brass and he got into plastic that's john glab i don't know if you know him i do not uh, uh glab is a pretty much an authority on brass and also money this is layout is beautiful and he once said that a model railroader is sort of like an orchestra leader he doesn't have to be able to play all the instruments, but he must not have to put them all together. Yeah. And that, that's pretty good. Yeah. And my father, my father also had the finest words about a model, about a model railroad, if you want to hear that. Yeah, yeah sure. Great all-time quotes. Like the best all-time quote came from John Allen, mm-hmm. and that was, no matter how bizarre your model may be, rest assured there was probably once a prototype for it, <laughs> which is very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, now Dad's uh, comment was all color you sure I get, you, you don't mind me uh quoting no. some off no. okay well, well yes he, his layout was huge it was 95 feet long and started out we had a basic split level house in jersey off jersey and it was a corvette collector he had all c1 this is back in the c1 days where he had a 56 and a 57 mm-hmm. and then he had another another car I forgot what it was and so we wanted a three car we had a one car garage so we went to a three car garage well the contractor was also a model railroad nut so he said bernie now we could extend this layout in the basement under the garage and he said, shit, go ahead and do it. And so uh, <laughs> while they were putting the tiling on the road, with the shingles on the roof, he was building the bench work. <laughs> so the thing like, grew to, you know, as I said, 95 by 16. Sure. So somebody once asked him at a gathering, and there's about five or six people in the basement, which is rare. Cause he, he, and uh, I guess his close friends were there then. I was just a kid. And they says, Bernie, why is this thing so big? And he said, well, a mono railroad is like a penis. It doesn't have to be big to have fun with it, but if it's really big, it could be a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think I no, like that your dad. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he was a piece of work. Now, that can't be published in Model Railroad Magazine. No, 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 no way. Uh, no. We're good with that one. That's okay. That's all no, right. Okay. I'll let that fly, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, we were back on the... Um, <laughs> Back onto the uh, structures that, that I found that I really love. Well, my two favorite we have are the Pyramid and 
and the silver cup factory and your factories um are, are have just a lot of there's a lot of components to it a lot of shape or design to it i love them um yeah, they, each one of them has that foundation. Um, the, yeah, the, the dormers on the on the Silver Cup factory are really neat because usually when you see a building with dormers up top, you see. Yeah, I just you know, I just built that Noska actually. It's sitting on my desk. Uh, There's a guy wanted, so I built the Noska. The one you saw is Hio, so I have Noska version now. I, uh, I love it. I love the dormers. They're tight. Act. I mean, they're they're usually you see dormers with a lot of space between them on models, and you're having uniqueness because there's not a lot of there's maybe what two three scale foot in between each one, and uh, it, it looks it, it just it really it grabs you, and uh, I was and and another thing I really really enjoy looking on at, uh, on on your models. Um, is your interlocking towers? You have several yeah. several different versions of interlocking towers. Oh yeah, um, but they're not just your plain. So many of the ones I see out there are just your plain rectangular, you know, mm-hmm. brick or clapboard, but not a lot of design as far as trim work. And you know, you you give you, you give it a prominence when you when you design it. It's a um, there's more detail in the actual walls and the wall components of it. And, um, and and they also each get a foundation, which you mentioned, you, you know, they all your models have foundations, and they should. Um, I don't see foundations on a lot of interlocking towers on kits and, and such. Well, some of them might have a base, but it's no one that usually about a foot high. That's about it. They sit right. on a base pad. That's right. about that, it. Yep, yep. It's okay for a little bit. If you model in Louisiana, yeah, it's fine. Right. You know, <laughs> the real world are hills. Right, yeah. So yeah, it's just great stuff, and you know, you're, you and I, and for our listeners out there who are going to hear this, um, you know, they need to go to your website. That website, by the way, is uh, uh, zanestructures.com, z-a-e-s structures.com, and Brett will put the link if you're okay with that. Brett's going to put the link up onto the website with where you can where you can log in to see this to listen to the show uh, with a link to your to your site and um, and also you can check out his book on zanestrains.com. That's still up. Yeah, there's still a few left now. That book is uh, that was a major screw up. Uh, <laughs> I was going to have it published and I, I sent it to some publishing companies and some including some well known ones and they all wanted it but they wanted to reinvent me. And uh, I couldn't allow that. No. So I had to do it myself. So I, I self-published. So I figured, well, maybe we'll have two, maybe we could sell 2,000 of these things. Yeah. So uh, I found a printer. I mean, a good friend of mine helped me design it, Fred Cherney, and he's a graphic designer. So the two of us put it together. And uh, my wife edited it. She took it. She took a, like, at least a month taking all the four-letter words out of it. And, right. and uh, so uh, we found a printer out in Kansas City. He was going to, He's a nice guy, except before I wrote the check, because I remember I was going to self-publish, uh, he went belly up. Uh, so uh, my friend knew of a printer in Hong Kong, uh, so we got in touch with the guy, and he would only do a minimum run of 5,000. I said, holy shit, you can't sell 5,000 model <laughs> But I listened to him further, and it turned out that his quote for 5,000 books was considerably less than the quote for 2,000 books. Plus his quality was was so much better. He sent me a sample, and wow, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So yeah, I went with five thousand books. 
Yeah, so it's uh, so this is uh, eleven years ago. This thing came out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been around. It's uh, it's not, it'll never go out of date. But we did manage to sell four thousand the restaurant. Oh, wow. Now Tommy, they're up in Tommy Gilbert's in his back room. That's where I store him. Yeah. Okay. Because he has a huge six thousand foot room. Now, if you guys ever self-publish, be aware what's going to happen, and you have to you have no idea how much space this takes up. <laughs> I was there when they did when they delivered to Tommy's. This is what night two thousand six. Uh-huh. And this guy pulls up with this huge 53-foot, 18-wheeler truck. <laughs> and I go, oh, I'm looking, oh, my God, where you got to be kidding me. You've got like six helpers to get the stuff unloaded. <laughs> and he says, well, hell, this is no more. see the next truck. Well, figure um, 6,000 square feet of space with books stacked up to the ceiling. That's what this was. Oh, my God. How the hell are we going to sell this? So, actually, over, over 10 years, we did sell around, I think, 42. That's, about that's, in, that's uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, the book weighs five pounds. If we ever write another book, I'm going to do the goddamn thing on end skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to have to go uh, to. I was thinking yeah, about just ordering a thing online, or would it be better I order online or go to Tommy's and pick it up? No, tell Tom. Tommy will give you one. Tell him who you are. All right. Tell him I'm on the house. We appreciate it. I'll be talking to Tommy tomorrow. I'll tell him you guys show up. Oh, that's fantastic. We appreciate it. Yep. Well, what um, we'll do is put the links up on a uh, on podcast description for everyone to be able to check out um, zanestrains.com and um, yeah, your structure site too, zanestructures.com. So the links will yeah, be the in the description. Too. Also, have a site on on brass Zane's Zane's mm-hmm. House of Brass. Yep. Yeah, I was going to get that. <laughs> But I'm, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm not too active on the brass. I mean, I still was telling right. I mean, I was a brass dealer for years. Yeah. But right. I sold out to, mm, well, whatever. I still have about a thousand models i got to get rid of. So. Mm. Well, your website is pretty cool because it's got, it, the links are either top or bottom, depending on what page you're on. But it's very, it's very navigatable, uh, navigable um, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a friendly way to a user online. And, and uh, you know, it, 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 it'll, Give you every aspect of who you are as a modeler and what you do, and um, it, it, it's it's a it's a well designed website. I, I really liked it. And um, oh, I can't so take credit for that. Was done by some, uh, I just it was well done. Like I said, it well, was. That site actually was uh, designed. I, I, that, the structure of the site was designed by Scott Gears. Now, Scott Gears, the new owner of the, uh, the scale, Great Scale Train Show, he's also a computer guy. They did a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was well, well, sir, we covered a lot of ground today, and uh, we're running about out of time here for the show. But um, I'll be honest with you, uh, there's two things I would like to talk to, to, to say before we go. One, we are honored. Actually, it's three things. Number two is at some point, Brett and I would personally like to come down and check out your layout if it's uh, any time, awesome. anytime, guys. Uh, and, I work at home, so anytime. Uh, so it's only an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that would be wonderful. And then number three, downhill. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh shit! Now I forgot what the hell the third part was. But uh, <laughs> um, oh, oh, we'd like to have you if 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 you would would not mind because there's a lot of ground I didn't cover in our time span here. Um, we'd love to have you on at some time at a later date if you would be willing to uh, be a guest on our show again. 
Sure. Why not? That would be great. If it can help, if it can help grow the hobby, it's whatever it takes. That is our only purpose. We don't even, we don't even. Our podcast is entirely free, and all of our web material is entirely. I think the next time though, um, we won't we won't do as much introductory stuff, and we'll actually come in with some mm-hmm. some topics. So it won't be as much yeah. about yeah. Um, you and your layouts. It'll be more about. You know, a couple topics that we talk. Maybe we'll talk beforehand and 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 kind of sh- make a structure for it. That way, we provide with a little more information on um, either model building or trains or the brass. Yeah, maybe some te- tips or, or techniques. So, what what you like? To, how you like to build? I think we'd like to we'd like to get on that a little that bit. That way, that way, that way, Howard Zane style. You can pass on. Right. That way, the know? listeners give a little bit of they get a little bit more information out of it, um, and not right. just this backstory on Howard Zane. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. That'd be fun. Okay, well, yeah. uh, you got an open house. Uh, you could come on down here and just uh, see the layout. We'll play train and uh, you have a cup of the worst coffee on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love I love bad coffee. Awesome. I appreciate right, everything sir. you helped us with tonight. And uh, and thank you for giving us your time. We'll definitely be in touch with you to pay you a visit here soon. Look, for sure. uh, look, look, look forward to it. Awesome. You got it, Howard. Take Thanks, care. Howard. Have okay. a great one. Thanks, Thanks for including me. Okay. Uh-huh. Take Bye. care. Bye. All right. That's it. We hope everyone enjoyed that interview with Howard Zane. Um, again, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash HO scale customs, become a patron to the page, or you can always just for free, check out our Facebook page at HO scale customs on Facebook. You can always head us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, you name it. We're on everything. So hope you guys enjoyed that interview. We had a ball and we will definitely have Howard on again. Uh, he was He added a lot of color to the show. We'll just say that. So with that, have a good night, guys.